the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Market's up big. Pretty regular story. Home sales are slumping across the country. R-O-C-K in, in the USA. The National Association of Realtors say that mortgage rates are to blame for slumping home sales. Every major region of the country, the Northeast, the Midwest, the South, and the West is getting hit. Low housing supply hasn't helped either. Mortgage rates skyrocketed in the month of January. Could it be the new tax law? Could it be the sky-high home prices? NAR, the National Association of Realtors, is blaming the rising mortgage rates, pending home sales, an indicator of future home sales based on contract signings. If I were buying a home today, I'd be a little bit nervous that I'm buying at the top of the market. And again, if I were to buy stocks today, I'd be a little bit nervous that I'm buying at the top of the market for the short term. Home sales declined 12% in the Northeast, 4% in the Midwest, 1% in the South, and 2.5% in the West. Could have been the harsh winter. A nor'easter is hidden New York City. I mean, we can't go out and buy a house tonight, today. It's too cold. You may get trapped under seven feet of snow and die. They'll have to dig you out, and they'll only find a glove. And come spring, you'll be nice and thawed. Trend doesn't look very hot right now. On the long-term chart, the magnitude of decline, while significant, pales compared with the plunges during the housing bust. So housing did well right before the new tax law. Housing has done poorly since. But again, it's been winter. It's been higher mortgage rates. It's been um, a volatile stock market. Honey, let's go buy a home in Tahoe. Well, why don't you sell some stock and we'll just put the down payment on the that. Okay. How's the stock market doing? Great. Good idea. How's the stock market doing? Not so great. Oh, we're not going to sell any stocks at Lowe's. So despite being very low still, the average mortgage rate is now the highest since the brief peak in 2013 and before then since 2011. Remember April 2011 when mortgage rates were higher? Where were you in April 2011? If I were to get in my Wayback Machine, way, way back, I was four years old. I was walking on the beach. I remember that. We were looking up and seeing a, a rocket in the sky and people landing on Mars. Okay, so I don't remember any of that. 2011 wasn't that long ago. I remember those dinosaurs. I definitely remember dinosaurs. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Good morning. Have mortgage rates gone up to the point where you're seeing a slumping? Or is this just too national and regional of a story? It's too national. Um, You know, rates were like this last year, right? We went November, right when when Trump was elected, and well, not last year, but you know what I mean. Uh, so we've seen rates where they are today, not too long ago, and we didn't see any slumps. We didn't see the National Association of Realtors saying, you know, pending home sales are are, are slowing down due to higher interest rates. But uh, when you have the Fed saying we're going to raise rates, you know, two or three times this year, and 
uh, people kind of get a little itchy and they start thinking that interest rates are the reason why uh, um, you might see pending home sales slow down a little bit. Um, I don't like pending home sales. I like existing home sales. That's really the number you want to see. New home sales, eh, builders can build what they want. They'll stick, they'll, they'll ebb and flow with the market and they'll always have the right amount of inventory. Uh, low inventory right now is, is the king. Um, home prices are recovering everywhere. Long, long live the kids. Yes. Dilly dilly. <laughs> My kid says dilly dilly now. It's driving me nuts. That's not good. No. I mean, he saw it once. He's like, oh, a guy on a horse. Dilly dilly. Your son is either very young or not very smart. Oh, guy on horse. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's young. So but no, that's no just we're not seeing a slump. We are, we're seeing people who are, are fearful that rates are going to go higher and trying to lock in rates. So we're seeing some good refinances. And people who are purchasing are saying, oh, we're just going to put more money down. So the lower end of the market continues to feel the brunt of the supply and affordability impediments. Um, I saw a real estate team yesterday out at lunch. And I don't really like real estate teams. Just be honest with you. I like my old-fashioned realtor. I don't need a team. <laughs> when did that come in to become a thing? Um, the team. It's like there's always Caldwell been Baker sort of team. Have... It's, a, it's, a, it's been a couple, you know, married couple. You're running an office, and um, they, you know they kind of share the duties. Or it's a big office where you have to have you know transaction coordinator, and then somebody who does all your marketing and and scheduling, and you know it it. I'll be quite honest. When I do a transaction and I'm using a real a realtor that has a team, it's it's very smooth. I like it. Okay. You kind of have to have a team, or I have a team, you know, doing what I do. Yeah, I just I don't I don't like it marketed that way. It seems to be marketed like super agents and teams. And like I once went to buy a home and I met the person that I the agent in the parking lot and she goes, "Oh, oh, Dana's over there. Do you want to meet Dana?" She's part of my team. No, she's the team leader. You want to meet the team leader? It's like, no, no, not that important to me. Just go show me a home, please. This kind of dilute your whole credibility a little bit. Um, yeah, there's something weird to it. For yeah, me. But, but that's just perception. It, it really does add to, you know, the whole transaction. Um, in reality, what it means is that the head realtor isn't doing as much. It's being spread out so they can go out and do other things. And usually that's marketing. So you're um, helping me do a loan right now. Mm-hmm. And we're, I want to say, 90% done with the find a place, put a bid on a place, get the loan, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, brass tacks done perfectly. Um, This has been an easier loan than my last refi. Last Mm -hmm. refi was like painful for some reason. Yeah. So that's uh, partially due to the way that lenders are doing business now. Uh, Everybody's heard about Rocket Mortgage and places like that. That's it's not unique to that lender. Uh, lenders are all adopting the ease of transaction now. Just so now you still have to qualify. You still are going to have the the yeah. the you know if you're W two. I'm sorry. Just so everyone knows, every time you use Rocket Mortgage, you're giving the Cleveland Cavaliers money to go sign free agents away Ooh, from the Golden State Warriors. That's a good pitch because yeah, the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers owns uh, Quicken and uh, the Rocket Mortgage. Yeah. So it's like I don't know if you remember this, but Detroit Tigers. The owner used to own Domino's. Tom on So if you were a Yankees fan or a Red Sox fan, you would never order Domino's because every time you ordered pizza, you were helping them get free agents. Like that's that's a sports fan. 
That was one of the first big clashes we saw between owners and branding. Yeah. Wasn't Tom Monahan? I think he's dead. You know, I would have known He was kind of a weirdo, though. Like, he was... And when I say weirdo, like, I don't mean any disrespect to church weirdos, but he was like like a church weirdo. Like, I think he wanted to build a community of people only from his church. a commune or something, yeah. It's a very interesting story. He started his own shop in one little pizza place. He used to answer the phone, make the pizza, and then deliver it. Um, It's kind of crazy. Domino's is the number one pizza making service in the world. Just overtook uh, Pizza Hut. Anyway. No way, fool. No way, fool. <laughs> you remember how delicious pizza was as a kid? I mean, as you get older and older and older, you're like, I can't eat that. I don't know. I still like pizza. I like a good pizza. I went searching for a good pizza the other day and found it. Where'd get in my um, Bowser's in Alameda. Okay. It was pretty good. Little David Byrne, he's coming to town late this year. Sold out. Sold out in San Francisco, sold out in Oakland, sold out in Oakland again, sold out in Santa Barbara. Uh, chances to see him are starting to become fewer and far between. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Black. Stock Talk with me, Rob Black. Thanks for listening to this show. I do wildly appreciate it. I get up super early. I stay up kind of late. Okay, maybe not that late. Okay, truth be told, I'm usually asleep by 9. But I'm not a lot of fun. I am a lot of fun because it's all about the stock market. Are you with me against me? I just talked a lot about fangs and how great it is to kind of grasp that it's all personalized. Whether you grasp that or not, it's really all personalized. And... Your phone is becoming more and more personal. Apple's really focusing on photos and cameras and more about you. And that's kind of annoying because I think when selfies, when we first started seeing selfie sticks, we were appalled by them. I'm still appalled by them. Um, And, you know, when I hear people like Professor Scott Galloway of New York University say that Amazon's going to send us two boxes, one for things you might like and two second box for things you want to return in the future. Maybe it's just one box to get to know you that well. Um, I'm appalled by that, but I'm also playing into it. Um, I got, and this is just kind of humbling to say out loud, I live on a creek, and because I live on a creek, there's rats. And how you kill rats is up to you. Some people want to do it, like snap their little necks. Some people want to poison them, and then they wander off, and they die, and then a bird eats them, and that bird dies. Uh, but you can't be living with rats. Uh, it's nasty gross. So you have to do something uh, with that, or you can just move. So you're living with rats. It's like, I'm not living in New York City. No, no. But anyhow, big data is out there, and there's always going to be arguments around big data. So. Uh, do not fret and just start trying to do what you can to figure stuff out. One of the greatest things about being a stock guy and talking stocks is that this is more than a golden era of investing. The 90s, we saw commissions on stock trades drop from $400 per trade down to 
I guess I, I really remember it starting around $40 a trade, then we hit uh, $29 a trade, $25 a trade. Uh, and now a lot of trading can be done for free um, and or near for free. And there's even apps like Robinhood where you can transfer money from your bank account and buy stocks. Goldman Sachs Asset Management is wrapping up a price war with the pending launch of a new smart beta exchange traded fund with an expense ratio as low as 0.09 basis points, nine basis points. Um, 100 basis points equals 1%. So this is, this is cheap. This is less than 10 basis points. Um, that price is so low that Moody's issued a report calling it a credit negative event for traditional actively managed mutual funds, which often charge over 1% in expenses. So this is going to be a smart beta exchange traded fund. The price war is going to affect creditworthiness of traditional actively managed fund companies like Leg Mason, Franklin Resources, and Janus Capital Group. This is a game changer. Companies that you used to have to pay money to actively manage your portfolio, they, they are not being viewed as creditworthy or less creditworthy now. So Vanguard's an exception because they already charge less than 0.09, but they are tied towards... Um, value. They are tied towards indexes. They're not necessarily tied towards you know actively managed. So Goldman Sachs Asset Management Smart Beta Fund is also negative for Invesco, BlackRock, Wisdom Tree, State Street. They're going to have to cut prices as well. This is the golden age of investing. This is the dawn of the age of Aquarius of investing. It's getting better. It's getting better. What we just thought was going to be contained to trades on stocks, then it turned into ETFs and indexes and mutual funds because all their fees lowered. Now it's actively managed funds. This is the dawn of the age of Aquarius. Give me hair, hair, long, sexy, like, do you, remember, do you want me to do show tunes from the 70s? Because I can. And I will. And that's a big black model of structure ahead. And suddenly I feel like I'm going back to my roots. I'm a monkey. Sorry, We've hit in the golden I'm age. I can't do that. No, no, it's not Dave. It's Jeff. Do you know who Jeff is? Jeff is every guy that you meet in Minecraft. You know they're making a Minecraft movie? Exactly, exactly my thought, too. Boy, I've been thinking the world needs a, a Minecraft movie. Elsewhere out there. And by the way, that's that's not a movie that's aged terribly well. 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, in fact, it's quite slow. But that's all I'm going to say, because I don't want to come across as negative. People call me negative, and I'm not negative. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Little. This is hair, isn't it? Hippie hair. This is the Okay, so let's change topics ever so once again. Back to stock talk. Electric cars. Elon Musk is going to uh, show us an electric truck in October. And that makes me think of BJ and the Bear, which was a, a TV show <laughs> in the 80s about a trucker, Greg Avigan, who was named BJ. And he had a monkey that drove around in a truck with him named Bear. 
Let's forget the idea that monkeys poop all over the, the front of the cab. Let's just forget that idea and then come up with a concept of like, oh, yeah, he's going to go from town to town hauling his load. And he's going to solve crimes. He's typically going to fall in love with a beautiful woman or she's going to fall in love with him. But at the end of the show, his monkey, driving around the country with his monkey, is more important than... So go Google this. This is real. This is a real TV show. So anyway, back to modern technology. So we're going to have uh, Tesla self-driving trucks. So Greg Evigan can play with his monkey instead of driving the truck. He could just play with his monkey in the front of the cab. You with me? You reading between the lines? So anyway, Ford General Motors, Toyota, um, all have a lot to lose right now with electric vehicles. Or is it a trigger? Um, we're starting to use the word EV. And the golden age for automakers, EVs could trigger a potential collapse in demand from which they never recover. Um, you could see new automakers like Tesla with EVs rather than the traditional players come up and steal the crown from the king, so to speak. Um, what does this ultimately mean? Massive consolidation. Will Ford survive? Will GM survive? Will VW survive? Will Audi survive? Will all these brands survive? And the answer is no. Electric vehicles are probably going to be connected to the cloud and be able to provide many new services that aren't in cars today. Consumers will be able to pay for them. Right now, equipment manufacturers look good. They got to, you know, lock on this data, so to speak, as long as they don't let Google uh, or other companies snatch it away. BMW and Tesla have the best shot at surviving the electric vehicle revolution, and it's going to fuel their stocks higher. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. It's always got a big event coming up. I'm starting to slow down in my life. I want to do less of those in the future. If you've been to more than two of them, don't come to this one, please. It's very repetitive at times because talking about retirement is about talking about your nest egg. It is talking about how to draw it down. It is talking about other issues um, you know, that are, are pretty routine. So and seeing someone come 10 times just feels like they're, they're breaking the system. It's not what it's meant to be. It takes a seat away from someone else. So if you signed up and you've been more than twice, please unsign up. You can sign up at Rob Black Show. Use code RADIO25 if you're a radio listener. A bounce is coming, technically speaking. A bounce is coming. Wow. What a year 2018 has really been as far as drama goes. And, you know, what I've always said is save the drama for your mama. Mr. T taught me that many, many, many years ago. And this is a market that's had a very different January than a February than a March. How April plays out is still everyone's guess. Maybe the Trump administration went from, you know, happily hung over in January from the tax cuts throw to let's move on to the next thing in February to March. Well, that's not going well, so let's throw a fit. It feels like there is some hand-in-hand curiosity, if nothing else, between those three issues, or the, between that, that trend is playing out. The Trump administration officials have softened their rhetoric, rhetoric on weekend news programs when discussing trade tariffs and tariff actions. So the tariff trade, or the tariff sanctions, 
You know, when you see headlines like China puts a 25% tax or tariff, tariff is another word for tax, right? On U.S. cars that come from the United States that go there to be sold to their customers. China doesn't want that. China wants you to buy Chinese-made cars made in China, whether you're Chinese or you're American. We all want a golden toilet, but we can't all have a golden toilet. So there's a lot of rhetoric, and some of it is hidden in crazy statistics, and some of it's hidden into, you know, we all want to get along and create wealth and spread it around the world, and could we make things as cheap as they can make, and can we make them better than they make? A lot of questions. Chinese officials sound less diplomatic, noting that there are no trade negotiations happening at this juncture. So the White House throws out statements. Then some of their people come out and defend them. Then China throws out their statements. And then it's a, it's a cycle, right? So the market was closed on Friday. The real basis. Um, it closed on Friday in an interesting basis. It was down sharply. Doesn't it seem like we've said down sharply or up sharply a lot in 2018? There's a lot of bounces going on. Buyers showed up after the key technical level was breached and rallied the indices into the close. The 200-day moving average has been the line in the sand, so to speak. 200-day moving average, it's a technical term for traders. It's not a bad idea. It's a bad idea to get too caught up in sticks and balls and go, ooh, I got this all figured out. It's not a bad idea to look at technicals and moving averages. The 200 day is more of a longer term average. The 50 day is in the midterm and the 10 day is really short for short term traders. So if you want to look at a company like a Google, it doesn't hurt to say, let's take a look at how it's done over the last year. If you want to own it for a year, if you want to own it for a week and think, oh, by the time summer hits, I could pull off a 5% trade. Look at the last month or two. What sort of volatility is it given you? Now, see, that's when you start making assumptions. Chart patterns can be difficult to read, giving volatility in price movement actions, giving volatility in headlines, giving volatility in the, the price of the dollar versus other currencies. So sometimes it does turn into, you know, chicken bones, chicken bones, chicken bones. Uh, moving averages can help smooth out erratic movements from removing day-to-day fluctuations when you're making a decision. Not a bad thing. So if I were to buy company XYZ today and I were to look at the last 10 days, and I'd say, ooh, it's up 5%. But if I were to look at the last 200 days, it's down 30%. It's never had a good move up into the last 10 days. I'd say it's probably a little bit too early as an investor. As a momentum trader, maybe. It's down big. It's got upside potential. But then you start going, what does the company do? Rob, what does XYZ do? Rob, Rob, Rob. It's me, Kirk. Wake up. Three most popular types of moving averages are simple moving averages, exponential moving averages, and linear weighted moving averages. And I don't want you even hearing me. I want that thought to go in your head and out your head. I want you to flush it. I want you to be the piano teacher who's the best piano teacher in the world. I want you to be the go-go dancer that's the best go-go dancer in the world. I want you to be the race car driver that's the best race car driver in the world. I want you to be the radio producer to be the best radio producer in the world. my guest. Get in me belly. Um, so, Get in when you start trying to, 
when you start playing games of, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to race cars by day, hunt down purple gorillas at night. Oh, and in the afternoon, I'm going to be a day trader. Who goes, who does that? Who, who, who clicks their mouth at people? But, yeah, yeah. It's just me here with all the crickets. Would you eat live crickets? I would in a heartbeat. I Get in my belly! Crickets killed my brother. I'm on a rampage against crickets. Me and The Rock and a guy named Sway are going to eat all the crickets we can eat. Critics of simple moving averages see very limited value because each point in the data series has the same impact on the results regardless of when it occurred in the sequence. So a price jump 199 days ago has just as much of an impact on a 200-day moving average as one day ago. And that could have been 199 days ago. It could have been Hillary Clinton saying, I hate biotech companies. I'm now back to being an activist citizen and part of the resistance. (laughs) I love our country. I really do. And that's why I'm going to eat cookies all week. Uh, linear weighted average is the least common moving average. And again, do you remember linear physics and linear anything? Algebra, like, do you remember this stuff? Why then do you start getting into, I'm going to be the day trader of all day traders? So when you start looking at moving averages, and sometimes you, could, you can find a charting service online. I think Yahoo's got a very simple version of it. Big Charts does. There's some really cheap ones out there, but that's what they are. They're cheap. It's like I saw a friend post on Facebook a couple days ago. He's a news guy. News guy reads other news guys. Scott Budman. He's a good guy. Um, You should go to his page and like him. He's a good guy. So Scott Budman posts a a thing on Facebook. He goes, how much would you pay for Facebook? And there was probably 200 responses, and all of them were nothing. I think that's that's foolish. Do you think if you go into a shoe store and say, I want shoes... And you're going to pay nothing? How, what do you think the quality of the shoes are going to be? And if someone were to say, okay, I'll give you free shoes, don't you think there's going to be advertising on it? And then the advertisers say, well, I just gave you a million dollars, shoe company. <clears throat> I don't know if anyone's actually wearing them. I don't know who they are. For all I know, they could all be homeless people who don't do a lot of shopping at my stores. <clears throat> so the shoe company is going to say, I, we put advertising on it, and guess what? We also wrote down the names and the jobs of people. And we'll give you that information to show it to you. And we'll also give it to your competitor as a way of getting them to give us free shoes. A lot of people on Scott's page were like, I'll pay nothing, I'll pay nothing. And yet we want something. You get what you pay for, right? Didn't mom and dad always say that? They also said something about wooden nickels. And to this day, I've never taken a wooden nickel. dun 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 but I have taken a couple wooden credit cards. That's all I got for you, ladies and gentlemen. So the big thing on charts that I pay attention for is when they start crossing over each other. Because you start seeing levels of support. You start seeing levels of breakout. You start seeing potential. Typically, when I see the crossovers, for me, I'm not going to put a lot of value in it other than to say that I tend to see crosses, and you'll hear them as death crosses a lot of times as a negative event. So the stock is moving typically at a different pace. So when the 200-day or when the 50-day crosses over the 200-day and the 50-day 
or the 200 days kind of meandering and the 50 days moving quickly, it could show you a breakout. See, this is even tough to explain on radio, so I hate it. With that said, enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. Morgan Stanley is upgrading General Motors to overweight from equal weight. Boeing announced that American Airlines has ordered 47 787 Dreamliners. I want one. Oh, $12 billion at list prices. Deutsche Bank traded 3.5% higher after naming a new CEO. Merck jumped 2.5% after its key Truda cancer treatment met the primary endpoint of phase 3 trials. I can start smoking. Maybe not, but that's the idea. Big event coming up. You can sign up for it at Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black Show. Use code radio25. Listen to the commercials. You'll learn more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. We're getting older, ladies and gentlemen, and I can tell you an odd little factoid about Roberto Negro, a.k.a. me. I've learned, and I hope you've learned, too, that one of the biggest regrets I have, well, there's many big regrets. A... That I'm not part of the WWE. Because I really do think that with my body, I could have been a big hit sensation. I really do. No, don't tell me shut up, fool. Um, no, no. My biggest regret is I didn't save more. I, I, I left some love on the table. I left some money on the table. I left a lot of time. Oh, there we are. That's going to get me crying. Time is money. No, time is something I've left on the table. And it saddens me. Because I already look at this year, 2018. And I go, I remember back in the 70s and 80s, and I always thought 2000 was so far away. I thought we'd have flying cars. But what I should have been doing was saving more money. I love all the loves of my life. But they've all moved on. And some of them I've spent serious money on or with. Experiencing things. And yes, you can never take the experience away of going on vacation with a beautiful woman to Miami, a beautiful town with beautiful people. Staying in a hotel that's Art Deco, a beautiful hotel with beautiful furniture. I regret some of that. And for instance, one of my friends is a, a firefighter and he's been with many beautiful women in his life. He found the right one. He settled down. I bet in hindsight, all he ever wanted to do was settle down. And like, I look at the stock market. I go, I wish I would have put more money in. There was one year that something happened with my HR department that I wasn't contributing money to a 401k. I was so busy. Listen to this nonsense. I was so busy. I didn't have time to look at my statements because everything was automated. Everything was online. And I just assumed that would go okay. Wrong. Couldn't be more wrong, right? So the biggest regret I have is, is time. And whether it's time for friends or family, or whether it's time for savings. Savings do well when you start early. Savings do very poorly when you start late. And how many things do you regret? How many things did you buy for your kids that you regret? How many things did you buy for yourself that you go, that's a cool shirt. It looks like the 1970s. And that day it fit, and the next day you washed it, it never fit again. And you're like, I paid 60 bucks for a shirt? Whoa. Crazy, right? I know you're saying, you're very sentimental, Rob. I love cinnamon toast. I agree. So take a look out there. And now you know. A couple other things I regret require 
medication to stop the itching. I'm not allowed to talk about those on radio or mention names. But I don't regret much. I used to say that, but the big regret I do have is not saving enough as soon as possible. Bitcoin tanks below $7,000, down to 6%, down 6% in two hours. The big old April tax filing deadline approaches tax-related selling has been a key driver of this month's sell-off. So when the tax selling stops, do people say, time to buy? Sometimes it's a strategy. I'm adding George W. Bush to my Council of Investment Advisors. All right, all right, all right. Good strategy. The strategy of Bitcoin is to figure out when people are selling or buying and getting excited and getting on the right side of that. I'm George W. Bush. You might be wondering where I've been for the last four years. Eight years? Oh, I can't do math so good, but here's your investment advice of the day. Don't buy Bitcoin. Wait, 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 wait. Does that mean I should buy Bitcoin? No, do not buy Bitcoin. Oh, I know you're saying that's probably the worst George W. Bush impression I've ever heard. Hey, hey, see how much you're paying for that radio station you're listening to right now or that podcast? Once you up that number times a million, no, once you add a one to it and then times it by a million, because zero times a million is still zero, but one times a million, if you pay me one dollar and times it by a million, I'm in. So, okay, so Bitcoin down 7,000 is the threshold. Time to buy? Potentially. Potentially. But... I don't know. To me, it still it still doesn't have a lot of things that you can hold on to. Thomas Lee, who said that Bitcoin could go to a hundred thousand, as the Bitcoin mania was surging last year, head of research at Fundstrack Global Advisors, says U.S. households likely owe twenty five billion in capital gains taxes for their cryptocurrency holdings. To meet tax liabilities, investors are selling Bitcoin, which means they could have massive selling of the U.S. dollars ahead of the April tax filing deadline on April seventeenth. Stupid me! You're saying April. Tax filing April 17th. Isn't it 15? It tends to be what day it falls on. So were you compromised? Facebook is letting you know if you were or want. And there's online tools that you could use that are of note. Nike. Nike. Tiger Woods. Nike. Nike doesn't even make golf uh, clubs anymore. But yet he was walking around a golf course for 16 hours Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, with a big old Nike swoosh, as was Jordan Smith, and man, oh man, was that an exciting finish. At the Masters, we're coming up to hole 15. Rob Black is asleep. It's on the green! Rob Black's still asleep. But Under Armour's got Jordan Spieth, Tiger, and Nike. The winner, Patrick Reed, also with Nike. You know which one I like? Nike. Under Armour's intriguing, but man, they've miscued as a business. Nike ain't miscued. I love this song. This makes me feel love for San Francisco. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.